uh, online panel uh, with Vietnam supply chain, as you know already, we'll talk about agriculture today, um, supply chain agro, uh, and the relationship in this sector uh, to the crisis we, we all know um, so well already. So how agro sector is surviving or um, getting through this, uh, this crisis, that will be uh, the topic of today. We have two amazing uh, speakers uh, that I'll right away introduce, but I'd like first to thank all of you. There's quite a lot of attendees uh, today, some, uh, some that uh, we see every single webinar. So thank you for the uh, faithful uh, listeners of Vietnam Supply Chain and uh, welcome to the new ones. Uh, people will join along the way. Hello, Jacob. Uh, we have, um, we have now, um, uh, we have now today two speakers, and um, I'm very glad to have the chance to have these two speakers because they they would take two different angles of uh, of the um, the agriculture sector uh, supply chain angle, but we'll see uh, the the more domestic um, market with uh, Mr. Nguyen Phuc Chai. is uh, uh, agriculture director at uh, PepsiCo Foods Vietnam, and is been over the last nine, 10 years working on, on potato crops and trying to develop um, this crop in Vietnam, which was not necessarily a, a strong one uh, over the last few years, but he's been working with farmers to develop a supply base, a farmer base to uh, um, start producing potato-based uh, products with uh, PepsiCo Foods. And we'll, we'll have his experience, his perspective. He's, a, he's an expert, expert in, in agriculture. Um, he's also fond of uh, reading, which is great in this period, and traveling, which is less, a bit less great in this period. But welcome, uh, Mr. Chai, um, for, for this webinar. We'll have, um, so Mr. Chai, are you here with us? Yes, Julian, uh, thank you for the introduction. And very nice to uh, be here uh, to uh, discuss with you on the supply chain acro today. Thanks. Fantastic. Mr. Tuan, Mr. Chai, welcome. Mr. Tuan, also welcome. Um, uh, Lemin Tuan, uh, who's a, a good friend of Vietnam Supply Chain, uh, is Logistics and Operation Manager at uh, Vietnam Agribusiness, which is um, the name of Bungi, uh, if I'm not mistaken. This is Bungi, so a, a, a big player of agro trading uh, in the world. His, um, his activity is mostly uh, in importing and exporting uh, commodities, uh, grain uh, for its majority. Um, and it will tell us from a, a supply chain and logistics perspective what's going on in the inbound, outbound flows of uh, agro-commodities for Vietnam. Long uh, experience in logistics, 11 years in agro-logistics. Uh, so we'll take his perspective from inbound and outbound flow. Uh, so a domestic view, an import-export view, I think will cover nicely um, the agro sector today together. So welcome, Mr. Tuan. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's, it's my honor today. And a quick mention uh, about Mr. Tuan. He's, he's a very kind man, but don't mess up with him. He's doing kickboxing on the side. Uh, so he's a, he's a, a strong a strong. Uh, speaker too. Welcome Mr. Tuan, welcome Mr. Chai. I'd like to get started uh, quickly on our, on our topic. So uh, what, what I'd like to maybe uh, do before we, we dig in um, the specific, specific aspect of the, of the industry is to uh, 
give you a few minutes to describe your activity so people contextualize a bit. Mr. Chai, what, what, what's your job about in short? Uh, so uh, let me say uh, a little bit. Uh, I, in uh, 25 years in agriculture, working mm. on vegetables, uh, cocoa, tobacco, and uh, the last nine years I worked uh, in potatoes. So in potatoes, we try to supply the factories and we try to increase the local uh, sourcing. So we work directly with the farmers, managing the import seed from different countries and also import cheese stock. Uh, I mean that the fresh potato to the country to supply during the window that uh, local uh, cannot supply. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got the part of time uh, work uh, with the region, Asia Pacific, to support, uh, Thailand, Indonesia in the managing of import also. So that, uh, and, and today, what's the share? You've, you've managed to shift a part of the import into domestic. What, what's the shift about in the next, last five years, for example? Uh, the last five years, we moved from around 40, now uh, 78. So 78% uh, domestic. Import, so that we, we increased the import from 40% to 78%, so 38% increase. That uh, in percent that what in the absolute is higher because the volume uh, grow every year around twenty percent. So that's very good. So your your import uh, volume increases faster than the domestic supply that you you you. No, I just sorry to make you confused. Uh, the domestic is an uh, increase seventy uh, percent. Uh, that's a so good we news. We try to reduce the the import because uh, the, the uncertainty uh, hmm. you know in the import in terms of the weather, in terms of the supply chain, because it's around 30, 35 days mm. to make the potato available at the Vietnam uh, from the, well, that's the, the, the origin. So it's okay. found that the first uh, also rich and uh, agriculture is very small one, so mm -hmm. better we can manage the local. And definitely, <clears throat> sorry my voice, definitely the, the tax also make the price of import is uh, mm. higher, so the local will uh, bring the uh, you know, uh, commodity with the right quality and price to the local consumers. So makes sense. Makes more sense to. So you've developed the domestic uh, supply uh, uh, and reduced the import. That's that's the big picture. And we'll talk about that because they, they you know, for a large company like PepsiCo Foods is is about working with farmers and having a specific deal with them to ensure them an offtake or volume, certain volume of, of purchase. While there's other farmers that are not in this type of deal and that might be more subject to, uh, to the world's uh, demand variation. So we'll explore this contract farming thing uh, at a later stage. Thank you, Mr. Mr. Chai. Uh, quickly, Mr. Tuan, uh, on your side, what's, what's your work about? What's your job about? Okay, uh, we in uh, Vietnam agribusiness, uh, formerly uh, Bungi Vietnam, mm -hmm. we uh, import soya beans. We crush it into soya meal and uh, soya oil. Actually, we are mainly working on B2B business, and uh, we supply our products to the company here so that they can uh, make the final products. Uh, and I have been uh, managing the uh, import, export, uh, managing the uh, cargo flow, including demand uh, planning mm -hmm. and uh, delivery, production planning uh, for, yeah, from 2011 until now. Okay, so just, just to understand, you mostly import soya bean, and then soya bean is the main volume commodity, but you, you, do you do export also? 
we do very minimum export uh, to intra Asia market uh, with very little threshold in our products volume because even in domestic market, uh, our capacity is just about 15% of the market only. Mm -hmm. So actually, uh, we don't have enough cargo to supply to the domestic market. Okay. Okay, so the, the, the main volume is, ex, is import uh, and import from America, I guess, mostly? Uh, we, we seasonal import uh, in the, from April to uh, October. We normally import from South America, mm -hmm. but then from October to uh, March, we, we can import from uh, US, uh, can be con from Gulf or from uh, PNW. Okay. Um, the, the, the material, because you know that Brazil and uh, Brazil, Argentina and the uh, US, they have, they are, say, stay at the both sides of the, the globe. Mm -hmm. the, they have the opposite season. And exactly. And, and, and we'll talk about that. So, yeah, you need to handle the, the season aspect, but um, we'll talk also about the COVID situation there because it seems a bit more uh, serious than it is now in Asia. So we'll see if it, if it affects uh, the, the inbound flow for you or at least the, the capacity to ship to, from, from America to here. Um, we'll explore these, these disruptions that we see there right now. But just to understand, the imports you do, you mentioned about soya milk and, and oil, but it might be, uh, what, what's the main uh, usage for soya bean? Is, is it more uh, animal feed? Are we agree on that? Uh, oh, no. We import soya beans, we produce yeah. soya meal and soya oil. Soya you produce, oil, okay. Yeah. Soya oil will be used by the refinery here to mm -hmm. use the bottling oil that selling in the supermarket. Okay. For a soya meal, we supply to the feed millers to make the feed compound for animals. Okay, 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 got it. So it's been, it's a, it's a you produce your own product as a kind of new, I've, I've, I've never heard that. Uh, and and the most, most of the volume goes to uh, uh, feed mills. Got it. Now, tell us, uh, Mr. Tuan, how, has been the supply of your import material over the last uh, few months? Has it been very hectic or has it been not too much disrupted? How, can you describe the, the corona impact on these uh, import flows? I think that it's not, uh, we have a very little impact. Okay. And the, the impact mainly happened in origin because uh, you know that Brazil, they have quite a bad situation with uh, mm -hmm with the, the COVID as well and US, but in our industry, we mainly use automation and that very little human, very few human involved in the process of the terminal. That's why the impact in logistics, even in origin is not much. But then we have the problem with the officer, uh, the yes. governmental, governmental office where they get COVID, they cannot attend uh, the office uh, regularly. They have to work from home and then they are so delayed in mm. I have a vessel that I support to have on the documentation from the Lord Port mm. about three weeks ago, and it just settled only yesterday. I mean, there's a huge delay in the paperwork 
especially in Brazil. This is recent or, or this is, uh, I mean, is, is it been a recent uh, disruption or is it been for the past few months has been a, a difficult situation with Brazil? It's happened, I think, about one and a half months ago. Start okay. Happened one and a half months ago. Okay, so quite recent. The, uh, early May, you started to see uh, uh, America's import uh, troubled by, by mostly uh, paperwork uh, and then all the the export uh, processes, not not really an operational issue, but really uh, making sure the the paperwork is done on time with government and people being uh, a bit a bit slower than useful than usual. Okay, clear. Um, do you? And I'll I'll shift the question to to Mr. Chai. What has been the the impact for from a supply standpoint uh, for you um, over the last few months? Before answer, that's I think that we all see the. Uh, you know, interesting in terms of uh, the export of agro commodities, especially when the China, uh, you know, close uh, the the gate, the border. Mm -hmm. That we see a lot of uh, stuff over there. So uh, the, the 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 product is you know cannot consume for the farmers, and also mm -hmm. you see because of the uh, social distance. So uh, the consumption of uh, agro product also reduced. Um, slightly for us mm. is uh, luckily that we do the manufacturing right so we use the material uh, is uh, the potato from the farmer all of mm. them are contracted so mm. we uh, when we contract we we also uh, you know have to buy all of those things mm. uh, the, the, the impact we've seen is the, the consumption for example when we sell the, the you know the lay products in the market it reduces around a couple of percentage and with mm. that delay then the, the, the inventory is we build up and uh, where how we have to manage uh, also we need to rent also the, the, the ethanol warehouse where the cost is also skyrocket because uh, the others uh, you know com company also want to rent it mm. and uh, but uh, you know for the local supply then then it it, it, it not uh, so much in terms of impact to the farmer because all the product is uh, uh, harvested and then delivered to us and luckily we got the oil price going down during this time and mm. also the transportation in terms of uh, the, the truck, the, you know, so the, yep, the yep. price of Burton's uh, transportation cost also reduced. So that, uh, you know, we gain and, and, and we have to manage in the inventory warehousing. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Which is interesting. So th there's definitely a bit of a slowdown of the demand. You mentioned that. Not, mm -hmm. not significant though. Uh, slight mm -hmm. slowdown of, of the demand and still this inventory that was piling up and you, it's interesting because we see that from a consumer demand which impacts of course the the, the supply requirement but as you have contract farming um, uh, kind of deal with farmers the, the idea is that you need to to uh, use this this volume that you committed for so the yeah. farmer is a bit of a protected he knows that whatever happens you'll still buy his, uh, his uh, product um, and that's that's kind of a, a safe uh, safe environment for farmers um, and but overall stock has been piling up uh, is it is it correct mr chai uh, that's correct uh, as i mentioned that all the stock is uh, at the normal but the thing is we have to manage the inventory the warehousing so we got the limited of planning for the warehousing but yep. when the, you know manufacturing uh, because the sale review we don't want to have the you know 
store too much the finished food because it uh, affect on the freshness of the product. So exactly. we need to stock the, the raw material and in order to stock the raw material, we need the ethanol warehouse and then we have to manage the rent with a higher cost than the normal because mm. uh, the, the warehouse, the other company, they cannot sell product. They want also to store their product and that's the impact that we see. So, oh yeah, generally the overall inventory requirement has been increasing. So, uh, requirement for warehousing space has been increasing. So, price yeah. has been increasing and capacity for storage seems to be an issue. Still today, is it difficult to find storage space today? Uh, fortunately, all manageable, yes. Uh, we just need to buy a little bit high cost and uh, delay a little bit uh, harvesting a couple of days and mm -hmm. that's uh, manageable, yes. Okay, and for you, uh, uh, Mr. Tuan, would you see that the, the domestic demand, the import demand has uh, evol evolved uh, in a positive way, in a stable way or negative way these last few, few months? So I think we, we love it because uh, actually we don't have, our, my company uh, particularly don't have the direct impact from the COVID uh, mm. in, in Vietnam because you know that the, the impact should go through the uh, the income, then to the food, then to the animal, and then to us. Mm. It's quite quite for some step to us. We see a slight a slight coming down of of the, the consumption of, of protein mm -hmm. because of the closed out uh, in April and May, mm -hmm. which the government uh, have implemented, but. Uh, I think that we should thank uh, Vietnam for, for the very good manage, management of, of the, the situation and we are now reopened and we can see that thing is coming back. Mm. Of course, you don't see um, the, the demand for the protein coming up right away, mm -hmm. but at least you can prevent. Uh, you know that the, 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 the major the people who will have an impact on the consumption of protein in COVID-19 is the low-income people mm -hmm. who have to struggle to buy meat or shrimp or fish. Mm -hmm. So if we, uh, if we have a longer uh, lockdown, that people may have big impact and it could result to, to, uh, uh, to protein consumption in Vietnam. But luckily, we, we, we managed it quite good and then we open quite fast. And I hope that with that, uh, the impact is not so hit, so so serious on, on, on the consumption of protein. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good point. Uh, in general, I think this, this quick recovery that we, we lived in Vietnam has, has helped a lot of small businesses, farmers and, and retailers, everyone to catch up on, on the loss they've, of course, uh, incurred uh, overall. But the fact that it was short helped quite a lot of, of uh, consumers also to catch up with some kind of normal uh, consumption level. So overall, it seems that domestic demand has taken a hit for certain industry, but not too bad. But most importantly, it recovers. it's recovering rather fast and helps some, some basic industry to, uh, to not collapse, basically. Right. Uh, and I think it's it's important a few months more and maybe there will be a much more uh, long-term impact because companies would have failed, uh, farmers would have bankrupted. So we, we've been quite close to serious situation, but as I, I can understand you guys, um, it seems that we passed the hard time and we are now into the phase of uh, uh, catching up with, with past demand somehow. Yeah, 
Yeah, but we, we still see that there are slight uh, going down of the demand. Of course, of course. It's not back to before, but it's not, uh, it's not uh, too bad. You can still sustain business with the current demand. Is it correct? Yes, and you also know that uh, a lot of our products, especially on Aqua, uh, is uh, uh, produced for export. So um, if the situation in other country going bad as well, um, I afraid that in long, in, in middle terms, we may face the, uh, the, the, the reducing of demand mm. on that as well. So that we have to keep watch. Yeah, I think it's, it's a very strong point. Domestic demand seems to be rather okay, not great, but um, uh, not, too, not too bad. What is really worrying is the export demand. Uh, there's a lot of commodities that are on hold, and you mentioned shrimp. Shrimp, <clears throat> all the fish industry is, uh, is under expecting to, to recover uh, export, and there's a, a lot of dependency on U.S. Um, there's uh, quite a lot of, uh, and it's not just by COVID, but uh, overall the last few years, the China's import demand has, has reduced toward Vietnam. So there's uh, China used to be the first uh, the first importer from Vietnam. Uh, but recently, U.S. has taken over and the demand from China has, has reduced. They, they set higher standards. So it's been shifting. The export demand has been shifting uh, for, for a while already. Uh, but it seems that quite a lot of, um, of, uh, of issues are still being faced in the export uh, for the export uh, uh, business. Do you see that also, uh, uh, Mr. Tuan uh, or, or Mr. Chai? Do you see any, any perspective from the export? Do you see farmers that are struggling to, uh, to export their goods and have, uh, have to store and, and maybe uh, destroy inventory? Uh, I think uh, uh, the last couple of months, uh, in terms of logistic point for the import also, uh, the, the, uh, they got the very uh, impacted. Uh, for example, for the, from February and March, in order to get the containers, uh, the freight cost it jump up nearly double. So mm -hmm. usually from Europe to Vietnam, let's say the the freight cost is around eighty to eighty five euros per ton. Mm. And during the time that from February to March, in order to get the refrigerated containers, they had to buy one hundred fifty euros. So it nearly double. And and until now, the the uncertainty is still there because when we negotiate with the supplier in order to get product around the last quarter of this year, they mm. said. We can quote you all the farm web right, FOB price, but the freight cost is very uncertainty. Until mm. now, we cannot guarantee that will be the same or higher or lower than last year. That's very uncertainty. And we can only get before two or three months before the product exported. So that is the uncertainty and the, the, we have to face and we have to, uh, to manage and give the budget planning for that. Uh, otherwise, we are very in, in, in active uh, mode in terms of uh, preparing for the, the import. So I so, think uh, for the rest of it should be the same to find the containers and also whether the, 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 in the country we ask what to, whether they are already getting normal or they still, you know, got the ban for the borders. So the demand is low, so the, 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 the requirement low than, than the, uh, the, the mm -hmm. export activity from the country to export also uh, reduced and, and impacted. So that's my point of view. Okay, it's good, good, interesting. So we still see a, a problem of logistic capacity and a bit of a, a chaos there. 
which doesn't really uh, help to to uh, to ensure the supply, whether it's import or export. Do you see that, Mr. Tuan, that the logistics is, is all over the place still? I know you're not using containers, you, 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 you're on bulk uh, logistics, but still do you see a, a bit of tension on the on the shipping uh, industry? Not at all. Not at all, okay. <laughs> Any impact on that? <laughs> you got plenty of capacity, price are very low, it's perfect. Or, or can you describe a bit what you see from your view? Uh, no, um, actually, the threat in, in bulk cargo uh, is going back in a very different way with the container. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that the, the sea threat also go in a very different way with the air threat. So, mm -hmm. We still have very strong performance of the shipping, and then we still see that uh, the flow is not distracted. Uh, it's okay. not distracted. Uh, but we also, in our company, we also have to prepare, we also get a preparation for the case that if the situation of COVID gets bad and then the vessel may be quarantined at the on arrival because of the crew get COVID on board, mm. then we can, may have uh, we don't may don't have cargo for at least two weeks mm. in, but that's only the scenario that we prepare for until now everything goes smoothly okay and any disruptions okay so that's that's interesting so from bulk logistics standpoint everything is smooth you you're watching out some some potential risk of, of disruption but so far so good on the on the container uh, flow, it seems to be a, still a little bit of a an hectic situation that creates a further uncertainty here. Um, very very clear, um, Mr. Mr. Chai. I would like to maybe develop a little bit on this idea of contract farming, and uh, the contract farming idea has been forever, but but for in the in the case of potato is is kind of uh, recent, and there was not such a. a, a it was not such a crop, uh, such a developed crop in Vietnam. Um, do you, uh, how do you see this kind of, um, you know, supply chain relationship with farmers? Uh, how did it help this farmer to be uh, to be protected from from this crisis, as opposed to normal farmers that, that produce and, and try to sell uh, their their harvest uh, after after the season normally. Uh, yeah. When I th uh, I think that the contract farming. Is uh, the very good guarantee for the farmers mm. in terms of uh, their income. So let's say for those not contractors, even not COVID uh, nineteen, but the uh, the demand is the demand is low, and then the supply high, then the price will be very low. And even some farmers sometimes they couldn't harvest; they had to mm. dump their product in their field because the 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 the, the cost they, they they harvest and bring the product to the market cannot pay for. Uh, for the contract farming, uh, it's a differently. When the, the farmer signed a contract with us, they already know how much they can get at the end of the crop. Mm. Because they, they, they with the practice, they know with the things they, they, they are used to, then they, they can, uh, you know, with the price already there, they can estimate the yield, and then uh, they can uh, see how much they can profit from that. And then from that uh, standpoint of view, they also... Uh, let's say manage for their nest crop for their family spendings and all of those things. So that mm -hmm. is very good for farmers and the standard living of farmer also increased because we uh, actually think uh, not only the sustainable farm initiative, which you know help farmer produce the products uh, sustainably, mm -hmm. uh, saving waters, 
use the right uh, chemicals at the right uh, fertilizer to bring the best product to, to, to the market, but also train the farmer on how to use uh, and practice that they can apply to the other crop also. And uh, and for us, we also bring the new varieties in and think that we have boost the yields. At least we uh, work with the farmer since 2008 until now. And mm. the yield is now nearly uh, triple from the time we started the, the project. And with that, you see the, the, the income will be uh, increased a lot and the, the local community also inherits. Uh, sometimes they, you know, for the whole crop, for the whole season, uh, the community said that if you don't have the potato contract, then we are mm. face a big problem because this year all the crop is, the price is very volatile and it's not, uh, you know, given back. So we got a very good uh, relationship with the farmers and mm. I think the farmers in Vietnam as well as uh, around the world, especially for those in a, uh, Southeast Asia, they are very faith, uh, similar. We have to train them, we have to uh, discipline, discipline, give them the right thing and bring them up. So that is the principle and all, uh, the farmer is very hardworking, they're learning, uh, they, they try to follow us at, you know, uh, some people may say, okay, it's a very difficult thing if you contract with the farmer and when the price in the market is higher than the farmer broken the contract. Yes, we got that one, but that in couple of uh, first year when we uh, give the discipline and then no farmer got those things, we never do the contract with them again. And they say, mm -hmm. okay, whether we want one time getting the money or we want the long term money. So that's why we got a very stable uh, farming system and the relationship uh, excellent, I have to say. Three times a yield in a, in a few years. Well done. This is this is quite uh, quite impressive. And and uh, would you see that contract farming is the future? I mean, again, we 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 know all that that there are there are thousands and even millions of farmers in Vietnam. Very small farms. Uh, I think in in fruit industry, it's only a half an hectare in average farming size. So it's really really small. A lot of those those farmers around. Um, and they are they are subject to uh, of course the the, the nature if, if the season is bad their their harvest will be will be bad and they are also uh, subject to the market price which could be too low for them to even sell so they end up wasting months and, and, and millions of Vietnam dong uh, of effort to grow things so this is really a bad situation for for a lot of them and some are lucky in, in certain season, but the next season you never know what to expect. So this uncertainty in agriculture, is it what's killing agriculture? As a young generation agriculture, uh, I, I'm not very excited if I want to, to follow my parents uh, in this way. With this uncertainty, I'm not sure I'm making I'm not sure I'll, I'll work like crazy for nothing. This is a tough life. And do you see that contract farming could also be um, uh, something for the agro-chain in Vietnam to be uh, helping to sustain uh, agriculture as well? Uh, I think in agriculture, in terms of the manufacturing side uh, point of view, in, uh, and also in the market point of view, if you want, this, uh, let's say, the product with the right quality mm. and, uh, you know, the volume deliver at the time you want, then contract farming is the must. Otherwise, you cannot control the quality, you cannot of course, so yeah. the whole process of, mm. uh, you know, the farming practice, because the product we got at the end, it checked the products. But we have to go from the end to end. It means that mm -hmm. from the seed, and when you got the seed, how the soil, and how the practice, and how you mm -hmm. irrigate, how, what is the time you harvest. So all of those things bring to the right quality that you expected, so that mm -hmm. your product can produce, you know, 
uh, consistent quality so you can control the spec for the consumer that in the manufacturing uh, manufacturing side in the export side also you now you got the ev uh, fda sign in you got mm -hmm. uh, you know export to develop market where they require uh, a lot of things uh, one of them is uh, the you know uh, lrm the residual image so mm -hmm. if you cannot contract you cannot control the farmers and the whole process will be uh, will be you know uh, very hard to control and you yeah. cannot your 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 export your contract will be uh, break so uh, in that the in terms of the the, the 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 manufacturing and purchasing side in terms of the farmer side contract farm in the, the only one they can plan for their 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 their, their, their you know uh, budget planning they mm. what they got to expand and how they view. For example, one guy he he worked with us uh, in 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 the new area. They uh, after one season they said, you know, it's a very good uh, for us. I I intend to get just get recover what I invest for the infrastructure in irrigation and just uh, certain money for the living. But luckily last year I got a big cup, so that for the last year I got I got. So that is you know very good uh, you know uh, compliment from the farmer point of view. So I think the contract farmer is the, the, the sustainable way for the manufacturer and also the farming uh, development. Mm. Because only the contract and then the mutual uh, tie will be there. So they, they from the manufacturing side they can invest in, and from the farmer side they 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 are you know uh, just try to produce and make at work plan, and they can see what they can get and they can plan for their for example what type of soon their the kids want to go and how much money they mm, in, of course. Money invest for next crop, all of those things that will be, uh, you know, uh, better for the farmers. And I think the in terms of the from the potato contract uh, point of view, uh, farmers in especially in London, that's where we, uh, you know, do the contract farming mostly, then they're very happy with, uh, with the mono. Yeah. Very good to hear. Very good to hear. Okay, so contract farming, you, you, you're obviously convinced. Uh, really nice to hear, and it reminds me of other industries where you know large manufacturer came to Vietnam, set an assembly plant, and start working to develop the supply base, the supplier base, the small uh, providers of, of components. I'm um, talking about the Samsung, the Intel, the guys that that came with massive amount of uh, of uh, money to build assembly plant, but needed to develop a local uh, supply base, and and shift from importing all these components to local local sourcing. It took time, it takes time to develop uh, suppliers and get them to the standard you want, of course, but ultimately it, it pays back to the company and to uh, local local uh, economy, of course. So this the same type of, uh, of mindset uh, here, I think. Very good to hear. <coughs> Sorry. Just a, a, quick, uh, a quick question. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. Uh, you know, the, we, we know how... Um, Innovative uh, Vietnamese can be in, in general. I've been here long enough to uh, to uh, to validate that point. Will, have you seen any innovative ideas or or, or you know things that, that happened over the last uh, few months during COVID, where you you saw uh, you know companies or farmers or whoever you you deal with had, having to adapt in a creative way to the situation. Did you see any innovation out of this COVID uh, uh, situation, both of you? Um, to be honest, in in the you know in, in the farm mean size and things like that, uh, 
it's it it not uh, so much uh, different on the left side uh, okay. but in terms of consumer point of view then the online will be uh, that that you 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 might already know uh, it is it increased a lot and we were shifting their behavior so so it's, okay so it's more a, sh a shift of demand that that may have changed any any a funny uh, situation you've seen, Mr. Tuan, in, in being creative uh, facing the crisis. Okay, we actually we are in in an industry that uh, we move with plan. So uh, innovative, yes, we have innovative a lot, but it's not because of COVID. It's a long-term development. Okay, so nothing specific to COVID uh, innovation. Let's say. In in our in our in our case, of course that. Uh, on the on the office thing, and uh, we now have the on the electronic building, we have electronic mm. document that is changed between origin and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. uh, which is very fast, and no need to go to uh, couriers. We have on the meeting by uh, Microsoft team by Skype, like we have now in Zoom. But the most important thing is that with a long term plan, we are. We are we are applying the automation in in our our plan, and then we will uh, limit the human involved in the process, even on the delivery of the cargo. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have on the way automation. We have on the data capture automation. We we are, we are proceeding and look at the possibility that to apply the online contacting between the customer and. And, 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 and our supply chain department when they want to receive cargo, when they okay. want to the so truck long-term plan. So it's going to be around automation. This is where you're going to differentiate all the time. Uh, Mr. Chai, any technology expecting in the, in the agro sector that, that may change the game? We talk about AI, blockchain, or traceability. Not willing to brag about that, but do you see the future, the, the support of technology in the coming uh, years, uh, and how how would that look? Uh, I think uh, for uh, for the farming uh, system, the digital uh, farming, uh, where they can you know collect, collect all the data in the field, uh, include yields and you know farmer activities that can reflect on the uh, you know future planning analysis, and those apply in this I think are ongoing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Vietnam for, for Mexico, we are still one or two years behind that plan, but that will be uh, implemented in Vietnam. So it's going to be data around around farming and, and yeah, maybe. all the data will be captured. They got uh, you know all the app and collect all the data with you know on size and all of those mm -hmm. things, disease and all of those things. So that they, they you know they analyze they, they got the expert to analyze all of those things. And then it come up with a suggestion for the, for the next year for preventing what type of window, what type of soil you can grow, what kind of fertilizer, mm. what is the yield in this historical, in this area, another area. So it's very good for planning mm. and also it's very good for the farmer to, to accommodate their practices in this region. So it's very specific and, and that's a very good one. Okay, so uh, it's, it's, it's going to be around... In a couple of countries. But already, mm. uh, but uh, even in Thailand already applied, but in Vietnam we will be uh, behind. I have to say. Okay, uh, we we need startups in this in this sector to to help those those innovation to come out yeah, around yeah. data. Huh? Mm -hmm. I, I want to bring, to bring the notice to you as well that even now in government sector, 
uh, they start to apply all kind of online transactions, mm-hmm. even for the certification, which normally require original. Mm. Now they accept between the Brazil and Vietnam, they, they now just accept the e-fito. Phytosanitary certificate is something that they normally require the original thing. Mm. They accept the electronic one. That, that, you think you think the the crisis has accelerated this type of uh, of shift toward digital? Sure, yeah. Sure. Okay, that's that's a good news. That's a good news. A quick question uh, on uh, on a topic that concerns agriculture for sure, but maybe other aspects, uh, other industries also, is traceability. We've just uh, Vietnam has just signed a, a deal with Europe, uh, a trade agreement, and we know Europe has quite some standards around around quality. And they will, uh, of course, require some uh, some traceability to make sure that the, the, the products that are imported are, are up to standard. Is traceability still or, or possible today in Vietnam, Mr. Chai? Can you trace a potato from the uh, field to the pack of chips you you're you're selling uh, in a specific store? Are you able to trace everything, or still? And we're not there. Not there. Because, uh, then we can trace until the farmer level, uh, okay. and also the site and also the the product that's sold to the market. Because every batch uh, into production, we all got the the, the coding and also the timing for the the product is also in the the, the label. So that is from the finished good and uh, until the, the farmer, even the where the seed is growing. We also got all the data, so that traceability is uh, is uh, very good. Even some okay. part that we do manually, but I know that you want to mention on blockchain on the traceability. So you no, no blockchain or not, but just just are you able to trace? Uh, uh, so if I bring you a pack of uh, of uh, your product, of a pack of uh, crisps, you will be able to tell me this has grown from this seed, uh, from this farm, and this uh, period. Is yeah, it? If you if you look at all the documents we have, then you can say yes. Okay. Is it the same, Mr. Tuan, from from the import? You are you required and and able to trace where are your commodity coming from, uh, precisely? Uh, it's not in the, le- the, the the level of Mr. Try on the details thing, but uh, we still can trace our materials. Okay. Uh, and, you, and you and you see a, an evolution on the requirement for traceability in coming years, or is it not is still already? Customer keep. Uh, Making pressure on us for okay. because is that for example if you have the oil bottling export to somewhere or to mm. sell in the market they may want to know that from what beans I crossed so they are not that's a normal question and they also have some kind of uh, um, uh, supplier audit mm-hmm. they have some kind of uh, questionnaire that they request us to fill up to to let them know that. The materials that we use to produce the oil, the material that we use to produce the meal, uh, where coming from? Mm-hmm. Up to the very detailed level, because we own one day we cross about three thousand six hundred tons of beans, and then the dressing mainly going on the daily batch. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 quite uh, solid there, but I think yeah, it's it's uh, overall innovation wise, Mr. Chai mentioned mentioned it's going to be around. Increasing yield, getting data from from the field, and trying to optimize the way farmers are and plan better the way farmers are, are growing. And Mr. Tuan was saying, yeah, we already have requirements, and overall, with uh, with further um, uh, automation, you know, from an operation standpoint and traceability from a data standpoint, 
there, there will be evolution there. So we, we keep in mind data uh, for the field and for traceability and uh, obviously automation. Uh, we'll, we'll shift quickly to a, a, a final round of questions. Uh, I'd like to leave the ground open to, uh, to the participants to share a question they may have. I'm sure you've, you've got plenty of, uh, of questions. So either you open your mic and you uh, voice your question out or you write it down in a group chat uh, that you'll find uh, in, in Zoom. Uh, please share your, uh, your question, gentlemen and ladies. Any questions for our uh, speakers? Otherwise, I'll ask uh, plenty of them. So if you don't ask, I will. Uh, again, please uh, share your uh, um, your question on the chat if you have any. Uh, one one quick um, one quick uh, highlight uh, maybe for um, for Mr. Chai. Um, and and might it might be a, a little bit uh, of a sensitive topic, but uh, I'll give it a try. Uh, China was a, a very important partner, or is still a, a very important partner for the agriculture uh, from an agricultural standpoint. Um, is it? Uh, do you see this partnership evolving, uh, Mr. Chai? Are we? Uh, is, is there a, a shift of uh, of the way we we? trade uh, agro product with uh, with china uh, is it uh, contextually uh, the, the relationship with us and, and china being quite tense is it uh, affecting your your business um, how, how do you see this uh, this more global type of uh, of uh, situation between us china and vietnam are you seeing an evolution that that could turn uh, positively or negatively Tough question, sorry. Yeah, this is a very tough question uh, to <laughs> to answer. Uh, uh, talking about uh, Mexico food Vietnam, mm -hmm. and we don't have the much impact because okay. uh, we import mostly from uh, US and also Germany. Mm -hmm. so the, the impact is not that much. Okay. Uh, actually, we got a couple of percentage uh, tax, uh, you know, after the uh, uh, effective of the EV uh, FDA yep. uh, effective in the August, and then we got about uh, three by three percent attack reduction. <laughs> so that's a good thing on the good. on the import side. Uh, globally, on that tension, I think uh, different people got different uh, point of views mm. on uh, on those things. Uh, but it can be changed. Yes, it's, it's not it's not like now. It's going to be changed. It's going to be impact. But in what way? Then uh, depends on commodity. Depends on a strategy of each company, but uh, I think for all the company they, they run, they always, uh, you know, work on their, let's say, uh, their uh, continuity, business continuity and profitability. Mm. So uh, whatever the good, they can leverage, then they can leverage, leverage uh, whatever the situation is. Okay, okay. So limited uh, view on that. Mr. Tuan, do you, do you have any view on your, particularly with US, uh, if you're quite strong in what, what's going on, but do you have any uh, perspective on US, China, Vietnam type of triptych. Yeah, with us, I think uh, it's more on the uh, sourcing, material sourcing. Mm -hmm. uh, if China uh, in the season of US beans start to slow down their, their purchasing, mm -hmm. 
China have a very big demand in the beans market. So we may benefit from that because actually we beans is our majority, uh, our only materials. So we may have cheaper sourcing on the materials. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, it's not good for the world in the whole, mm. but particularly for the Vietnam or for my crossing plan, I think uh, we may benefit from it. Good. Okay. So, so because of demand, the large demand of China might reduce the overall volume in the market might increase and consequently the price, purchasing price for Vietnam will reduce, yeah. giving a better uh, cost advantage for, for Vietnamese uh, yeah, producers. Okay. That to emphasize, that to emphasize the very unreasonable of the trade war. Mm-hmm. People are trying to put politics over the commercial and then they are trying to buy something very expensive somewhere else just because they want to, yeah, <clears throat> they want to fight with someone else. And that's right. And that's the problem we have. It's, it's a trend, obviously, now with the, the tension we know. Uh, maybe in November, where, where election in the U.S. might change everything or not, I don't know. Uh, again, the market may, may, may evolve differently again, and we are, we'll never know what, what to expect there. But if Trump gets reelected, there, there's likely to have a further, um, further uh, reduction of, of, of price given this, this uh, shift of demand. Uh, very clear. Now, I've got absolutely... Um, We've got uh, a few minutes more, so I want to hear people voicing out their, their question. Otherwise, we'll we'll get into uh, into uh, debating on sensitive topic for a while. Um, right? Who can I ask to? Right. Well, uh, maybe a, a final. Um, Final comment, and both of you, maybe, uh, we know um, that, the, and that's true in, in, in everywhere in the world, but I, I hope it's also uh, true in Vietnam. We have, uh, you know, a tendency to, to look at organic farming and high-tech farming. I'm taking those two maybe uh, in parallel. High-tech farming in greenhouse, like advanced, uh, you know, hydroponic type of uh, farms that are, uh, all over the city, I've, I've came to know that there's quite a lot of uh, of farms in, around Ho Chi Minh and Hanoi that are purely green green farms um, and and produce salads and so on. Uh, is is it a trend, uh, Mr. Chai? These these new uh, farming methods, more high tech, more uh, out of the, the soil, more in the, the, the greenhouse type of uh, approach. Do you see that as a, as a trend or it's just a, a fraction of the volume and ultimately we'll always need the good old farms uh, that we have today? Uh, actually, so, those uh, practice, we see that uh, it's quite new trends in Vietnam, but mm-hmm. in the uh, developed country, they asked, uh, is it uh, long ago? Mm-hmm. That just makes the uh, you know, product is more controllable in terms of disease and mm-hmm. nutrition. And also, it's much faster uh, in terms of the growing uh, plants. Mm. And also, it can ma- uh, implement in many places, even in urban area. So that is why it can be you know, uh, used as mm. one of alternative uh, to the conventional 
in order to supply the, the demand as well as the hobby because mm. some people they do that because of their hobby also uh, uh, and regarding the uh, organic uh, let's say uh, culture agriculture then that that uh, you know uh, people they do that project or they do that because in Vietnam I think it's uh, it needs to be some more uh, uh, regulation some more um, uh, evolution on that in order to uh, segregate from the human point of view between the product. So the organic one, they should got the labeling and they should uh, got the different uh, price. Mm. Uh, and today, to, and today is not so not, not so, so clear yes, yeah. clear cut. So, so. Not so clear, and we will, you know, we, we don't know whether that they claim that organic, but whether that organic or not. That's the question marks. That's the first mm -hmm. thing. Uh, the second thing, when you go to the the, 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 the supermarket, you don't see uh, really at the corner for organic products, mm. where you see the price is uh, quite different compared to the, the one that similar commodity but grow in conventional ways. So that the customer option, customer choice that we not seen uh, there. So until mm. that develop, then uh, organic agriculture will be developed because okay. we know that it grow uh, organic fully uh, is got uh, some more cost in terms of uh, mm. analysis, in terms of uh, lower yield. Mm. Uh, sometimes they have to sacrifice the yield in order to get uh, the product, and that has to be back by the end and the price, so that the farmers still uh, profit and sustainable uh, in terms of uh, cost for, the, for their uh, you know, farming. So, so I think that, that's, that's my point of view. Very interesting. So be cautious with what we call organic, might not always be uh, clear cut. And what you're seeing is that overall, the consumers are not clearly offered uh, a choice. You'd have to find your organic source by yourself. You're never sure whether it's really organic. So it's still a bit of immature, but there's a, a potential evolution there at the expense of cost. We see uh, in Europe, the, the organic products are more expensive definitely than, than others. That's a price to pay to, to eat uh, healthier food. But we we'll, we'll see this evolution to come and, and it's probably the, 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 the evolution of this uh, agro-farming would, would be probably much, much stronger in the future. Uh, a quick question for Mr. Tuan about uh, the importance of diversification. You, you, as you said, you import, uh, uh, you've been importing from, from various countries. Uh, do you, have you have you changed your mindset in sourcing? In, you, you may not have much choice, but you mentioned Brazil, you mentioned US, and depending on the season, you shift your supply points. Uh, have you considered extending this uh, supply base further to avoid having in the future even disruption at uh, uh, at these these places? Uh, I think that uh, we don't have a choice. Uh, <clears throat> we don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah the surplus of beans for export mainly stay in US and uh, South America. Quite a little things available in the research Ukraine. Hmm. So at this moment we don't have we don't see the, 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 the opportunity somewhere else except hmm. South America and North America. And then <clears throat> on the organic things I think that uh, at this moment whatever for animal feed, we still not at the level to afford the organic uh, materials. Mm. Uh, it will be very costly. It will be very costly and <clears throat> especially with Vietnam, 
when the income of the people are still quite not very high, then the the choice of organic things, uh, I don't see it should be the the, the majority majority choice of the people at this moment. People will have to the most the, the, the priority now of people is to get enough protein. Uh, mm. The protein uh, consumption in organic or not? Yeah. Is low. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's not priority yet on the organic thing. Of course, with some people mm. who have a lot of money, then yes. But majority of people, no. Okay. Okay. So that's that's for the future. We we need to watch out those uh, those evolution. Obviously. To, to wrap up, because time is uh, now over, so uh, just the question was coming from uh, Mr. Tan uh, from uh, Canadian National Railway. So I'm reverting to a question I received privately for, for Mr. Tuan. So for uh, the question, Mr. Tuan doesn't have much options to source wherever he wants because the, the, the in, in commodity tends to be quite, uh, quite focused on few countries. Um, Okay, wrapping up, we have seen that agriculture in general has faced uh, a slight um, impact on its demand, whether it's domestic or, or, uh, or, ex or domestic particularly, but export is, is another story. So the overall sectors has been impacted to a certain extent, not too bad uh, as, as Mr. Chai was, was saying, Mr. Tuan was also saying, yeah, uh, there are there are a slight slight decrease. We may take time to recover, but it's not too bad, as opposed to other um, other um, industry. We see also that uh, that uh, you know this this crisis highlighted that dealing having a supply chain partnership, uh, whether it's agro or not, helps to. Uh, cover for the the, 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 the evolutions that uh, that may hit harder on the small players and farmers have been protected by their contract their contract farming uh, deal with bigger brands uh, with and that is uh, that is a, a very strong perspective uh, a farmer by himself is uh, subject to high um, high variation uh, where a farmer that uh, is actually uh, working with with a larger company is protected and in this situation it's an important uh, aspect we see um, also the evolution of, of technology being maybe a bit behind um, other markets but it's coming up and we see application of data and data analysis for for farming we see more and more uh, uh, potential for automation in in handling um, and the logistics side of it and the production side of it um, and we have also uh, discussed quickly about um, you know agro um, organic uh, agriculture and high-tech agriculture that are still at the beginning at the, the starting level and we'll see more evolution in these uh, these aspects of the time we'll watch out that i'd like to bring this topic the, the innovation in agriculture in another webinar later uh, we'll bring you in guys because uh, you've been very valuable to this exchange but next time might be a little bit more toward innovation and technology thank you very much uh, for to both of you for your participation it's been a fantastic exchange I hope uh, participants uh, everyone has learned something at least or keep in mind one or two points that we've covered today uh, we are here for sharing for learning for networking so I hope We've uh, with Vietnam supply chain, we fulfill 
uh, these objectives. Thank you very much, Mr. Toan. Thank you very much, Mr. Chai. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I wish you a fantastic Friday and a great, great weekend ahead. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Julian. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sir Consulting, and thank you all. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.